Hello. Good morning. What does Labor Day uh, weekend mean to you? Work's about to start. Teacher going back to school. Is it like the official end of the summer kind of in your mind? It's like, this is it. This is it. Last hurrah. Get rid of the kids. Is that what you said, Zach? Wow. And all the parents of small ch children silently agreed with you, but you had the guts to say it out loud. Uh, you know, last week was great. Who was at the um, church at the park on Sunday? Yeah, it was amazing. They said there were 5,000 people there. It seemed that. Um, we went and uh, had our picnic blanket, and everybody else had brought chairs, and Jesse brought a couch. Um, <laughs> But our view was a little blocked because everyone brought chairs to the park. So Josh and I and our kids were on a blanket, listening and not seeing a thing, except people's heads. But it was still great. And um, we used our uh, videos on our phones to keep our children quiet. So all in all, pretty successful church service, I'd say. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it was really great. The speaker was Bob Goss. Has anyone read the book Love Does? Love Does. Um, this guy is pretty extraordinary. Uh, first of all, the most random, non-sequential uh, sermon I've ever heard. It was like explosion, explosion of amazingness, one after the other, but you're like, I'm just keeping up with you, like just story after story. It was phenomenal, really inspiring. So uh, Bob Goss is a very successful attorney. He's a New York um, Times best-selling author. He is the consul for Uganda, so an international diplomat. <laughs> um, he's flying all the time. His influence is just global. And I sat there on my blanket as a mum with small children, being so inspired by everything he said, and then also a little depressed and discouraged. Um, I used to have free time to do lots of cool things. And now I have no free time except for like potty training and things like that, which you need the Holy Spirit for potty training. <laughs> you need a word from the Lord about that because no book really tells you how to do it right for each kid. So anyway, so Bob Goss was really inspiring, but then also a little, um, I don't know, like, what does it look like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? You know, I feel like I want it to be tweet-worthy. You know, I feel like I want it to be, like, Facebook postable. Like, I did something cool, and the Holy Spirit, like, healed 5,000, and then I can post it and be proud because the Holy Spirit is big. I mean, don't we want God to be big? We do. And yet... In Bob Goss's big stories, I mean, he told a story, I think it was a story, like I'm not sure, right? He said, he, did he literally buy a loaf of bread and a can of sardines and he flew with it? Okay, so he literally, he was like, I'm going to Seattle and I'm going to speak in front of 5,000, so I figure I should take some bread and fish. I mean, this guy is like, and so he flew on a plane with a loaf of bread and a can of fish and five people asked him what it was. And so then he told them. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, if I remember to pack a snack for my kids in the morning, that's awesome. Like, I, you know, like, <laughs> we're just living in two different realms. So I just wonder for you, what does it look like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Do you feel like 
he's awesome and it's awesome and you're awesome? Or do you feel like not quite there? And what does it even look like? I had a, a friend, uh, a few years ago I worked at a restaurant. I had a friend there who was a believer. He had been praying for another Christian um, to come and work at the restaurant. So I was an answer to his prayer. And we really just encouraged each other, prayed together for our um, co-workers and for the restaurant in general. And just we're really just being the body of Christ in that workplace. And uh, one day I came to work sad. I'm emotional. And um, he was outraged. And he said to me, do not come to work sad. It's a bad witness. And we kind of had, this was like a real sticking point for us. Now, um, I know how to put aside my emotions and get my job done, okay? So I go to work, and I can leave the gunk at the door, and I can give good uh, work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of those people that cries as I'm taking orders. You know, like I can put it aside. It, it wasn't affecting my job performance. It wasn't affecting my relationships. But in his heart of hearts, he believed I should not walk out of my home sad. It's a bad witness. So what does it look like when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit? Happy, shiny people? Tweet-worthy amazingness? You know, like there's... I think we kind of want it, don't we? Now, that friend of mine, the last time I caught up with him, he was not walking with the Lord. He said he felt the church was full of hypocrites. I don't think he'd been able to live up to the expectation he'd put on himself and for other people. But I think we question sometimes, shouldn't the Holy Spirit make a difference? Shouldn't he? Shouldn't I be less sad? Shouldn't I be more peppy? I mean, is the Holy Spirit a personality changer? Is he a mood alterer? Is that his job? Or, uh, yeah, big questions, isn't it? It just feels worth looking into a little bit. So that's what we're doing today. We're in Luke 4 in our Empowered series. We've been doing the Empowered series for eight months. Do you believe that? It's the end of August and we started the beginning of January. That's the longest Holy Spirit series I've ever been a part of. What about you? And we're only like in Luke 4. I mean, we could be doing this till Jesus comes back. Couldn't we? There's a lot going on. So uh, you got your Bibles? Oh, you know what, guys? I didn't bring my clicker up. Oh, my husband is amazing. All right, and we're going to pray right now. Um, I, the guy that's praying today, I've been a huge fan of ever since he was a seventh grade guy in our youth group. This is Hayden Ray. He, he is a man who pursues God's heart and, and talk about being responsive to the call of God in his life. This guy rocks. So I'm so excited he's praying for a Holy Spirit sermon today. Thanks, Hayden. Uh, God, we thank you that we can come here. Um, and I just pray that you bless every word that comes out of Justine's mouth and really imprint it into our hearts uh, today. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to pray for um, City Church and their services. I just pray that you keep reviving and trying to reach the kids in University District. Um, yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen, amen. Who likes peaches? I love stone fruit is what we call all of those fruit with, where the pits look like little stones. In Australia, we call them stone fruit. It's like a genre of fruit. Um, 
but after uh, having kids, I developed an allergy to them. And it's like torture, but I'm kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, has anyone seen, when he watches her eat an apple, and he's like, oh. Do you know what I mean, the pirate who can't eat anymore? Do you I see it. One person. Right, Shoei? Like, he eats that apple, and, he, and or she eats the apple, and he's watching it, and he's just, like, remembering. That's what I do now when my kids eat stone fruit. I'm like, oh, peaches are so good. And I just, I, my throat closes up. Yeah. So, anyway, my, uh, our daughter is five. She loves peaches, and she gets sad that she can't eat every peach in one day. So, you know, we'll buy five for the week, one a day, and she wants to eat them all in one sitting. And I'm like, no, five peaches, five days. We're going to like space them out. And she said, I have a great idea. Let's take a pit and grow a peach tree. And then we will always have peaches. Genius. Ge entrepreneur. I mean, global feeding ministry, right? I mean, she's got it in her brain. So the next day she... Uh, <laughs> You guys could just do it for me, right? There we go. The next day she brought this picture to me and she said, here are our peach plants. So look at the little pits down the bottom, right? Masterpiece right there. Um, let's um, zoom in. Did I go backwards, guys? Is that my problem? There we go. That's her. Something, yeah. So I was like, babe, why are you crying? Because <laughs> you got... I don't understand. We had a plan, the peach trees grew, and now you're crying. And she said, well, yes, because they're out of my reach. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, anyone that knows my daughter knows that this is her to a T, where she, like, thinks everything through. She's already, as a five-year-old, knows what it's like to want something and have it be out of her grasp. I mean, she was the illustrator. She could have had this story go however she wanted. <laughs> Anyone like that a little bit in life? Yeah. So, but you know what? That's how I felt a little bit with Bob Goss. He's telling his awesome stories, and I'm sitting on a blanket, unable to see him, looking at heads, keeping my kids quiet, and I'm thinking, I'm excited, and I'm a little sad because it's just out of my reach. And I know you're all going to say, but your ministry at home to your children, it's so important. And you're right, it is, but it doesn't, it's not tweet worthy all the time. It's not as exciting. We used to take huge groups of kids on mission trips and watch the Holy Spirit empower them. Now that was fun. Now I'm like, potty training. Oh boy, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, so what does it look like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? And how can we get to those peaches that seem out of reach? Well, I'm excited because Luke 4 gives us hope. You ready for it? Who's got their Bibles ready? Okay. I'm uh, using the ESV today, I think, is what I'm using. Yep. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went, through, went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So where we just were a few weeks ago, um, uh, he was baptized by John the Baptist in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
right? Like a dove came down on him, empowered for his ministry. Prior to his baptism, he was not in active ministry, right? He's baptized and launched, commissioned into his official ministry. This is empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our role model's life. So he comes out of baptism the Holy Spirit moment and goes straight into the wilderness, right? And we talked about that a few weeks ago, that that is not the game plan we would have had for the Messiah. We would have put him on a stage and had him healing people right away. But he went into the desert and he learned, he learned to be dependent fully on the Father just like we learn, right? So we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yep. Okay. Yep. And here we are. He's coming out of the desert. And just to remind us, just in case we forgot, in the power of the Spirit. So our Bibles never have extra words for fun. You know? Like God was intentional. This is a point. It's not, and Jesus went back to Galilee. It's, and Jesus went back, this time, in the power of the Spirit. It's different. Something's different. That's what that's saying. Is that exciting? Thanks, Kathy. There we go. Return in the power of the Spirit. All right. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Okay, so my speed bump that got me even into this passage at all was that word custom. Custom. Um, habit, personal behavior. Uh, because it's not an Old Testament mandate to go to synagogue, right? So he's not fulfilling the law. The fulfiller of the law is not fulfilling the law. It's his habit. On Sundays, Jesus went to church. Well, not Sundays. On Sabbath, Jesus went to church. Interesting, yeah? Yeah. So, where he had been brought up, as was his custom, we can guess from this that this was his family's church. Okay? So, Jesus grew up in this church. Anyone grow up in a church? I grew up in a church. You know what it's like to be a little kid in a church and then try to become an adult in that church? It's a little tricky because everyone remembers you when you were weird. You know, and like trying to work out who you were and making lots of mistakes. And now that wasn't Jesus. He was never weird, although I'm sure he was awkward as a teen. But he was weird because he was the fulfillment of the law in front of a people who were trying to fulfill the law. So people probably had mixed feelings about this kid who lived perfectly. Right? He's back at that church. He's been here before, right? And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. This is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set, the, to, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, Isaiah 61 goes on. Jesus does not. He stops right there. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? So, uh, as a, a, an adult in good standing in the synagogue, uh, any a male adult in good standing could read. And they had um, a rotation of scriptures, typically the Torah, the first five, and then other supporting scriptures, and they rotated through. This is a passage they've read before. These are a people that are leaning in for the Messiah, right? So this is something they are well used to doing, Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath, right? Um, this reaction is not the usual reaction. The reason why is because the Bible explains it in detail. <laughs> the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. If that was usual, it wouldn't be written there. So he's reading. Usually the scroll gets rolled up, and I think they just move on to the next thing. But in this moment, they are mesmerized. something's different. They marveled at his words. His words that were like, uh, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Not a 45-minute sermon, just a proclamation of his identity. And they were marveling, like stunned. And then they said, do we know this kid? Wait, we know this guy, right? Is this not, jo is this that Joseph's kid? What's going on? Something's different. Same synagogue, same passage they've heard before. Palpable difference. Like a tangible, they could feel the difference. Something was different. So, <laughs> why would Jesus have been different? Please, it's Jesus. From his birth, was he not different? Conceived by the Holy Spirit? Man and God? God made flesh? Emmanuel, God with us? Surely he should have had this uh, effect on people his whole life. And yet, it seems that it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that made the difference. Is that interesting? Fascinating, right? This is why um, there are false books written about Jesus' childhood. Uh, and actually what's really interesting is those false uh, books are included in the Quran, and, uh, in the Quran or in the, the support writings maybe, um, that, um, that Muslims uh, learn. And it's about Jesus, uh, the good prophet, um, healing birds. Have you heard these false books? It's about him as a child and finding some uh, dead pigeons or something on the side of the road and him bringing them back to life. And they have not been endorsed as real, right? Because of the way they're dated and the way they're written and the language used. And they, they do things to authenticate things. And these books are false. They're not real. But, but man, I understand why someone wrote it. I think they were trying to say, well, no, from a young age, this guy was everything we'd hoped for. Like, even as a little kid, he was raising things from the dead. Like, isn't that hope in our heart and that expectation? But we think back, like, the few weeks when we talked about the desert. Do you remember we said? 
Jesus, when, when Satan said to him, do this for yourself, and Jesus said, impossible. Why would I, why would I do a miracle on my own? I am triune. I am part of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So for his life until this point, he wasn't empowered. Could he do miracles without the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, he just didn't. He didn't want to. So we'll never know if he could. But could he have? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he raised birds from the dead when he was a kid. We'll have to ask him, I guess. <laughs> but here's the hope that this gives me. If the Holy Spirit made dramatically different Jesus' life and his synagogue and his relationships, same spirit. Man, that gives me hope. If Jesus could be changed, then wow, the Holy Spirit could do some crazy things for me because Jesus didn't really need to be changed. <laughs> right? It's kind of exciting, isn't it? It reminds me of another set of guys. If you've got your Bible, turn to Acts 4. Because Jesus is a little bit like Bob Goss. I mean, he's grand, you know? I mean, I feed two children and Jesus feeds 5,000. Bigger scale, tweet-worthy. Oh, if only social media was around. He would have had a lot of Twitter followers, right? A lot. Well, he did. They were actual followers. No. Um, so we're Acts 4.13. I actually have it on the screen. I could be using that, couldn't I? So basically what's happened here, who knows the story? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Anyone raised in the church like me? There we go. You can just quote it out. So Peter and uh, John are walking through town. There's a guy there and he calls out for money. He's a lep lame man um, and he's calling out for money and he can't walk, right? Remember the story? And, and the guys are like, we don't have money, but we have something. Walk. All right. Boop. And then he goes, so I, you know, I can't give you money, but I could give you healing if, if you want. I mean, <laughs> is that crazy the way they word it? Those guys are hilarious. Um, and then they're preaching and they're just talking about Jesus. And then uh, the um, authorities lock them up overnight because don't be doing good things in our town, right? That we don't get the credit for is basically how it went down. And so the next day, they unlock them, and they're trying to work out what to do with them. And, um, and that's where we're at here. Oh, now when they uh, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. Now, that's more like me on a blanket with two kids. <laughs> common, you know. Astonished. It's like the synagogue marveled. Isn't it that same palpable feeling? They were just like, wow. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Why could they recognize that they'd been with Jesus? Same spirit. These guys are full of the Holy Spirit the same way Jesus was. It wasn't that they became perfect disciples of Jesus when they lived with Jesus, right? I mean, think about Peter. <laughs> when he lived alongside Jesus, 
Did Jesus rub off on him in the way that we would all hope that Jesus would rub off on us? Peter needed a radical transformation. He needed, he needed the Spirit. Like Jesus needed the Spirit. Like we need the Spirit. I'm not saying that Jesus um, was not God, right? What I'm saying is we were made to hold the Spirit like Jesus was. Containers for power. We were made empty to hold him, to tip him out on the world, right? We're the same as Jesus in that. I'd like to give the Holy Spirit a new name today. You know, there's <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? The Lord is my provider. Um, Jehovah Shalom, is, uh, the Lord is my peace. Do you know about the, the, the Old Testament words of the names of God? I would like to call the Holy Spirit our game changer. The Holy Spirit our game changer. Because this is what I see him doing. Jesus, same old group of people, just another Sabbath day, just another reading, game changed. Marveled, right? These guys walking through town, you know, beggars want money. They don't have it. Game changed. I can heal you. Game changed. The Holy Spirit, our game changer. For the people that are not sporty like me, game changer is, <laughs> I don't know, someone sporty explain it. It's like when a game is going one way and then something happens to change it. Game changer. I know it's tricky. Um, but like literally you're like, no, that team is totally going to win. Nothing can change the way this game is going. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, how did that just happen? Well, I guess they're winning. I guess, right? Game changed. The Holy Spirit is our game changer. What do you think? I don't think he'll be mad at me. Same spirit. Same spirit. We have this same spirit. So on Wednesday... <laughs> If you are sensitive, Chris Maddox, cover your eyes. If you are sensitive and sweet and lovely, please cover your eyes. <laughs> I'm about to put death on the screen. This is Sparky, our squirrel. He died this week. That's him. He's dead. I told you. Death. Um, so we have this issue in our apartment complex where squirrels um, grab onto power and blow transformers. It actually happens regularly, right, Jed? And uh, Adam actually calls it the squirrel portal to heaven. <laughs> it is instant. There is no pain. There's no pain, Chris. And if they loved Jesus, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, too bad we couldn't cook it up and eat it. But it's a city squirrel. I wouldn't eat city squirrels, would you? I might eat a country squirrel, but those city squirrels, who knows what they've been eating? That's no good. Um, so early in the morning, boom, it actually sounds like someone got shot. Actually, Kelly, you, didn't you think you were like, hey, I think there was just a shooting. We're like, oh no, it was a squirrel going to heaven. <laughs> and it happens here a lot. So our morning was awful, awful. We were... Uh, <laughs> Josh was at work in the city already super early in the morning. This happened at like six something, right? And then we were without power for three, four hours. And can I tell you, with two small children 
um, and no ability to make coffee in a house. It's not awesome. Um, a lot of uh, the neighbors came out and we just kind of hung out outside because here's the truth. Who wants to be inside of a house when there's no power? And it was Wednesday, that first gray day, where you were like, oh no, it's fall here. Did you feel that on this Wednesday? Did you feel that way? Come on, who else was like, a little too soon, a little too soon? When will the pumpkin spice lattes be here? Um, they're here, apparently. I saw a sign, yeah. I saw a sign. So, um, we stayed outside of the house because who wants to be inside of a house that's wired for power but doesn't have any? No fun. No fun. No coffee. <laughs> no porridge for the kids. Uh, what do you call it? Oatmeal. And um, no lights. It was really gray inside. And we got out. We just stayed outside. The PSE guy came and he, we took a photo of the squirrel. And <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> we hung out with the PSE guy, the Puget Sound Energy guy. We chatted with him while he cut down the trees. And he said, here's what happens. The, the squirrels are running through the trees thinking it's a tree, but it's actually a power thing. And their feet are still on the tree, and so they ground it. So it's just easy science there. Don't touch electricity, squirrels. Actually, we've started saying that to the squirrels around it. We're like, don't go over there. Danger. But... I just wonder sometimes if we think, when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, okay, I understand, I understand I'm a vessel that needs to be filled with the Spirit, I get it, I get it, I'm a house wired for power, I get it, I get it, yeah, um, I'm not connected. <laughs> so maybe I have some little sin issue that's like a squirrel that like blows my transformer and I'm not connected to the Holy Spirit. Maybe, <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe, I don't know. I've never, prayed for some, I've never prayed for someone to be raised from the dead. I've prayed for someone to not die a few times. Um, and I would say probably one of a hundred didn't die. And that's discouraging, right? And you wonder, maybe I'm not connected to the power It's tricky. And then I think sometimes we give up. We make it more complicated than it is. And we say, well, actually, you, uh, the Holy Spirit is not for everyone. <laughs> then we like to make some excuses and cover it up. And really, we're, it's just our own fear, you know. How do you know if you're saved or not? How do you know that? Has anyone ever wrestled like after you've prayed and asked God to be your God? Have you ever like thought maybe he's not? And, and what do you do to confirm in your heart that you are? Tell me, what do you do? Read your Bible? See what God says? Get your compass set on the right thing? Yeah. Talk to other believers? Ask them for confirmation maybe? Like what do you do in those doubting times? Karina, you ask him to come into your heart? Like pray again? Yeah, just for confirmation? Yeah. Pray all the time? Yeah, like just soak in it, connect with God and, and feel his presence again. So what do we do when we don't feel the Holy Spirit? What do we do? 
I think we walk away. <laughs> like, I think we don't do the same things we do for salvation. Like, we put it in a separate category. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so I want to I, I go to the Word, because that's what Greg said. So let's look at what, the, of what God says about the Holy Spirit, Okay. Let's read. We're in uh, Luke 11. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Well, only if it's cooked right. <laughs> right, huntsman? You're like, only if it's viable food. Um, or if they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? So basically comparing things that sustain you and things that would kill and disappoint you, right? You as a, as a human being, when somebody asks you for something that will sustain them and bring them life, do you give them something hollow and deadly? Of course not. And if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, if you have asked for the Holy Spirit to be in your life, guess what? Connected. Connected to the power. You are in relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's done. It's done. So, now, why doesn't it feel that way? That's the next question, right? If it's a done deal, why doesn't it feel that way? Josh and I uh, went on a business trip last year and stayed in a hotel, a business trip to Spokane. Uh, let me just bring it back to like, what it really was. It was not like France or something. Business trip to Spokane. Um, but we stayed in a hotel there and, uh, for three nights, I think. Two or three nights. And, um, and then we checked out... And I read a little thing when we checked out, and it said, included in the price of your room is free appetizers in the restaurant every night. What? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me what I checked in? Because I would have eaten a lot of those appetizers. I mean, I felt kind of cheated, honestly. But here's the deal. Have you ever had something but didn't know you had it? Did you ever not know you had it and then you didn't live it? You know, I would have had appetizers every night if I'd known that was my privilege and my power. But I didn't know, and so I didn't do it, right? Isn't that how we are with the Holy Spirit sometimes? We live life like we don't have it, because we're not sure that we do. But we do, but we don't live it. Have you ever had anything like that? We were like, oh, I qualified for a free upgrade, and I didn't use it, and it expires today? Oh, like when you know... <laughs> When you had something at your disposal and you didn't use it, it's just so frustrating. That's us. That's us. So I was walking in the neighborhood praying, and I saw this tree, beautiful and green, except something sinister in that bottom right, the bottom left corner. What is going on down there? Fall is going on down there. <laughs> I, I actually really love fall. But I just feel like this summer, I mean, I feel like it was yesterday, Jesse, that we were joking about wearing flip-flops. You're still wearing them. It's fall, dude. But I was looking at that tree, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said this to me, and I think it's for us. Just as you know the signs of a changing season around you, pay attention. The season is changing in the Spirit. I've been thinking about that and praying about that. We've been studying the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for eight months. Nine months? Nine months? How is that possible? My math is off. 
Oh, September 1st. Okay, Karina's saying we're into our ninth month. That counts. Okay, heading into nine months now. This is our new year. I mean, really, is January 1st the new year that we celebrate here? It's not really a new year in our mind. In our flow as a community, this is the beginning of a new year. We're about to step into the fall, right? And I feel like, like Esther, prepared for such a time as this, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us, game changed, new season. What was is no more. Don't live like you don't have me. Step into living in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I got an email this week uh, from my favorite cheap and cool uh, houseware store. You know what I'm talking about. Comes in a box. You put it together yourself. Okay, so, um, so this is about decorating for the fall. Okay, Americans do this really great. I don't know anywhere else that really does this, but Americans decorate seasonally. It's really cute. Um, and so like this is how we survive the seasons, right? You're like pumpkin spice candle. That would be my splurge for the fall. And I'll light it and smell it and be like, yeah, I can get through the fall. Right? <laughs> Don't you? Other people do this. Tell me. There we go. We, we get prepared for the season that we know is coming, right? And this says, fall into your rhythm. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying, do not fall into your rhythm. Don't live the way you always live. It may be that it looks like any other fall, right? It it looked like Jesus was going to the synagogue like every other Sabbath, but it was different. So your fall might look just like last year's fall. Same job, same school, same things, same spouse, same life, blah, 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 same old, same old. And we can fall into a rhythm of survival and live like we don't have the game changer in our lives. So here's my story. <laughs> um, I want to preface this by saying I'm going to tell you a story that's very personal and private to me please never talk to me about it <laughs> okay I don't want this to be like our connection point <laughs> this is really personal okay really private and also it involves my child please do not talk to her about this she gave me permission, actually, to share her picture and to share this story. But I just don't want to quench her delicate heart, okay? So I'm going to tell you and then just pretend like you never heard it. Deal? Okay. Um, also, I am not making any statements of political affiliation or belief or, like, anything like that, okay? I'm just sharing my story. Got it? Our eldest is starting school this fall. There are four million options of how to school children these days. Did you know that? And you know what? You had better get it right or you'll screw up your child's life. <laughs> Did you know that? If you don't get kindergarten right, you are in trouble. They'll need counseling if you don't get their first day of school right. Man, Pinterest tells me that I have got to like do special pancakes and then like a special photo and then like, I mean, the pressure. So we've been looking into homeschooling, virtual academy, um, local schooling, uh, scholarships for Christian schools. Like we've been trying to find the best option for our kid, right? 
I mean, she's precious. I know you all have great kids, whatever. Our kid is super precious. I had better get this right. I mean, this is the weight a mother carries, right? Every mother's felt this. It's awful. I've been a maniac. I've been crazy. I've been interviewing everybody I know to find out how they school their kid. I'm a researcher by nature, so I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, and I'm going to skim off the best and keep it for myself, right? So that's how I, so I've been talking to everyone. And you know what? I have some real concerns about the school she's zoned for. Here's a problem. My husband's family are public school educators. <laughs> so if we homeschool our kid, I'm hurting them. So then I have, like, family pressure as well, right? I mean, just the layers upon layers of issues I've been sorting through, and it's just been horrible. <laughs> horrible. The school she's zoned for is um, it's basically um, an English learning school. There are so many international students. 90% of students speak another language other than English at home. Um, several... Uh, uh, is it 50% speak no English? They are ELL, English language learners. And so to put my very special advanced genius child in a class where people don't speak English yet, I mean, I love internationals, I am one, um, and I barely speak English on my best day. So, you know, like I understand, I'm not afraid of it, but, but you know what, She's, she could be in college by now, she's a genius, like what if I, what if I get it wrong? Do you hear what's going on in my heart? Okay. Also, we're doing part-day kindergarten because full-day is what this district actually wants. But full-day costs money unless you're low-income and then it's free. And so we are neither of, of those extreme camps. And so we're part-day, which is government, like that's the nationwide standard is part-day. But we're the black sheep in our district because we're not doing full-day. So these are all the layers. Do you feel my pain? Do you feel it with me? Oh, the angst, like just deep, right? Okay, so uh, we pray around our dinner table. And um, a few weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, our eldest daughter started praying uh, for Egypt. We don't usually pray for countries at our meal. We pray for missionaries sometimes, but not like a specific country. Also, hear this, we don't watch the news in our home. Okay, our, my children are not ready for that. <laughs> They're small. News is violent, right? She does not know, not always, not always violent, but mostly. <laughs> um, so she doesn't know what's going on in Egypt. She doesn't know. And Josh and I look at each other while she's praying. I mean, you should see her face when she's praying for Egypt, you guys. I mean, there's emotion and passion. Her eyebrows tilt in. She's praying for Egypt. She's five. Okay, so Josh says to her, do you know what's going on in Egypt? No. Well, why are you praying for Egypt? I feel like God said that I need to tell people in Egypt about God's love. Okay. Keep praying. <laughs> That's awesome. So the angst of school, and then she comes to me, and this is where I cry, and she says, I'm really excited to go to my class at that school. I think there's going to be someone from Egypt in my class. Game changed. I don't care if she learns a thing. I don't care. I don't care anymore, right? I don't care. The Holy Spirit is taking her there. 
It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You know? I was concerned about whether I would screw her up if I taught her or if the school would screw her up if they taught her. Like, I was fear, 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 fear. All of my decision-making was based on fear. The Holy Spirit speaks to my kid. Game changed. Are you inspired by Bob Goss and a five-year-old? <laughs> Right? So here's what I want to say. Whether you're an international diplomat or a mother on a blanket or a kid going to school for the first time, the Holy Spirit is in you. It's not what the season was before. Don't walk into it like it is. It's different. The Holy Spirit is prepping us. We've been studying him for eight months for this day for the season he has us in. We are wired for power. We're full of his power. What does it take? I think it takes walking in, expecting for it to not be different, right? Into your workplace. That really difficult person in your workplace. What if the game was changed? What if it wasn't you versus him? Right? What if? Man... Isn't that what it's supposed to look like when we're empowered by the Spirit? That God would stir us and we would flow with his power. Now, I don't know if there's going to be anyone from Egypt in her class. I don't know. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I have nothing to do with what's going on with that. Do you know what I have now? My responsibility? Walk alongside her. Help her hear the Spirit more, just like the Spirit does to us. Walks alongside us. Helps us know the heart of God. I mean, that's the role that we have for our kids. That's the role that God has for us, walking alongside. Man, this world needs the game changed. Our schools need the Holy Spirit to change it. You know, our schools have metal detectors and kids that are desperate for love. And, oh my gosh, don't we need the Holy Spirit in our campuses? Guess what? We have some kids going to school this week who carry the Holy Spirit. Game changed. In your workplace, there are people that need to know the love of God. You carry his love. We don't have to be happy, shiny people. We don't have to preach every time our mouths open. <laughs> when we do it in our own power, it looks kind of weird and puts people off, honestly. <laughs> we need the game-changing power of God that leaves people astonished. What happened to you this summer? I went to the Caribbean, but you're the one that looks different. <laughs> you know, like what if we walked in in a new season and people were like, who are you? That's the power of God in our lives. So, it's Labor Day weekend. Happy New Year. Happy new season for you, for me. We're going to pray together. Would that be cool? So, um, in a... In Acts 13, um, they're in Antioch. Paul and Barnabas um, are there. And the, um, the church there basically felt the Holy Spirit said, lay hands on Paul and Barnabas and commission them for a special work. The Holy Spirit said. I feel like that's what we need to do today. Commission ourselves for our new season. Does that seem good for you guys? 
We're also going to bring all the kids in in the end of service and lay hands on them for their schools. Would that be cool? Okay. Um, actually, let me preface that. We're going to ask the parents to come stand by their kids and lay hands on them, and you're going to stretch your hand out just so we don't do like craziness, right? <laughs> um, uh, but first, I want to start with this. If you don't have Jesus in your life, if you're not sure how to relate to God and um, you're not in a relationship with him, happy new year to you. <laughs> I think this would be a great day. Man, God loves you. Man, you're a house wired for his power. So if you want to accept God today and be his child, you can. We're going to pray for that. Second thing is, if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you've never prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to fill you, empower you for your ministry, Happy New Year. <laughs> it's a new season for you. Today would be an awesome day for that if you would like to. And remember the promise. You ask the Father, He gives it. Done deal. Empowered for ministry. Does that sound good? If you've been empowered, if you've, if you've, um, been, you've prayed for the Holy Spirit, you have Him in your life, and you want to be commissioned, if you feel that stirring in your heart, if a five-year-old is making you think, I want to be more like that, <laughs> happy new year, it's a new day, new season. We're going to pray for that. Sound all right? So here's what I think we should do. Um, would you, are you okay with touching shoulders <laughs> or hands? I just think stretch out maybe. And touch the person that you're with next to you. Just connect a little bit because we're actually going to pray for each other. And you know what? If you don't like that, that's cool. Just say no thank you to the person that stretches out. No, no um, offense at all. This is what we're teaching our two-year-old right now. If you don't want to be touched, just say no thank you. So um, that's totally cool. But let's pray together. So, um, huh. I want to give a chance to anyone that wants to accept Jesus today to be able to do that and have someone know that they've done that. So if you guys wouldn't mind closing your eyes, and I'm just going to ask, if you would like to know Jesus and you want to be his child, if you could just raise your hand and wave it and so I can see and then I can um, connect with you. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's pray for, um, to know Jesus. And, and if you've prayed to know before, would you pray again? <laughs> to know him more right now? Oh, Father God, I just want to thank you, God. Thank you for making us. Thank you for inventing life and creating this world and putting us in it and giving us this amazing adventure. And God, we just say, you are our God. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. You are our Savior. We say yes to you. Save me, God. I am yours. God, we also just pray now, baptize us in your spirit, God. We pray for your empowerment to fill this house wired for power with your power, that we would be vessels that just flood and overflow with your game-changing power, Lord. If you're accepting baptism in the Holy Spirit for the first time, would you just lift your hand so I could see? Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, God, that we are filled. And those people that raise their hands, Lord, for salvation, they are your children. Done 
Deal, God. Thank you. Praying for baptism in the Holy Spirit. Done. Deal. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now if you would like to be empowered for a new season, would you lift your hand? All right. Let's pray for each other. Stretch to the person beside you. We're going to lay hands on each other. God, just like you commissioned Paul and Barnabas, we say, use us, Lord. (laughs) Commission us into our lives, into this fall, that we would not fall back into our own rhythms, God, that we would walk into your game-changing situations. Give us eyes to see, God. Give us ears to hear, that we would know that you make things different, Lord, right now we pray for our bosses, our employees, our workplaces. We pray for our schools, our teachers, our principals, and the students that go there. Lord, we pray for our homes, our families, our children, our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our spouses, our grandchildren, the people we're in relationship with. God, change the game. What was is no more, God, as of today. And send us out, Lord God, send us out. In Jesus' name. We're going to bring the kids in now. Where our little ones are coming in the side door, I think. Yeah. Hey, guys. Come on in. We're so excited. Do you even know why you're coming in here right now? Do you want me to tell you? So it's not back to school prayer. There you go. Come on up, kindergartners. Kaylee, you want to bring them up here? Come on, kindergartners, come on up here with me. We really want to pray for you today, don't we? Want to pray for the kindergartners today? Jess, they're all wet because they've been learning about the living water. Woo, they're wet because they've been learning about the living water. They've been learning about sharing it, so that's what you guys are praying for. Ah, yes. So, where, do you want them to go down the aisles, JJ? What would you like? All right, parents, kids, can you turn around and look for your parent? Go stand with your parent. Not kindergartners. Parents of kindergartners, would you come up? And you can stay up here or you can take them back with you. All right. Whatever you'd like. You can stay up here. You can go back, Zach, whatever you'd like. Okay, you got everyone? You got, you got too many? Is that what you said? You have the perfect amount, brother. All right, aren't you jazzed to see what the Holy Spirit is going to do in these guys' lives this year? Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's just just stretch out your hands to these kids. And also, um, actually, put your hands down for a sec. Any teachers in the house? Teachers, teacher one, two, three, four, teachers five. Whoa, 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 we've got a lot of teachers. Teachers, could you stand up, actually? And and also homeschool um, facilitators and teachers, moms? Anyone in the education system? Man, our education system needs the Holy Spirit, right? So we're going to pray for empowerment for them as well. All right, stretch out your hands, and let's just pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for these children. God, that they can hear you so cleanly, Lord, without all the baggage that we grow as adults. Lord, I would just pray right now, open their ears to hear you more. Open their eyes to see you more. God, Thank you that you have chosen the school they're going to 
I thank you that you have placed them with the teacher that they have. I thank you that you have guided their parents for the choice of school and where they're going to be. And Lord, we just invite you now in power, in power for the year ahead, Lord, that what was is no more, that these kids would be sharing living water. And that we would never be the same, God, that our community would be ever touched with your love and people would know what it is to be set free by your love and by your plan for us, Lord. We just thank you, God, for all these kids. Thank you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, happy Labor Day weekend. I hope Labor Day holds new meaning for you every year now. I hope it becomes a little memorial to remember the impairment of the Spirit and that you would never fall back, right? Let's never fall back. So excited. Happy Sunday, friends.